Hey everyone, welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be here with you today and I know that you're going to love today's episode. So here's the deal. Today, I'm sitting down with Maggie Dong and Maggie is, she's a podcaster, a healer, a channeler, and she guides people to master their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness so that they can expand their consciousness and live a life of fulfillment. So She's here for a big purpose. I love talking to her about these different areas of fitness because we all know what physical fitness is, but what about emotional fitness? What about mental fitness? What about spiritual fitness? I absolutely love hearing her talk about this and talking about how she integrates these into her everyday life and how she helps her clients to use these different pillars or these different areas to really create their dream life, to create the life that they're meant for. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this today. Make sure to check the show notes for the ways in which you can contact Maggie, follow along in her journey, find her on social media. I know you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Maggie onto the show. Hey, Seeker, welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here, and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia, and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Maggie. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. I wish you guys could see Maggie here. She's a vibrant, beautiful soul, and I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today. So can you tell the listeners just a little bit about you and a bit about what you do? Yeah. So I am a fitness and life coach. I'm also a podcaster. I help women master the four areas of fitness. So the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And the reason for that is because I realized that if we miss any one of these areas, we end up finding ourselves trying to fill a void that cannot be filled, whether that's through money, success, work, relationships. We're trying to use something to fill that internal void, but it's not until we balance out these four areas within ourselves, that's how we live a life of fulfillment. Wow, that is so cool. And it's neat because we've all heard mind, body, soul, right? Um, But doing the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness, there's something so neat about that because when I hear fitness, I think of peak condition, of health, of even repetition and routine and, you know, um, action as well. So it's kind of neat to think of spiritual fitness, emotional fitness, um, and all the areas which I can't wait for you to dive deeper into. Do you mind sharing how you came to that? I'm guessing you had a journey that led you to that, right? So can you share about that? Yeah, so my life 
changed when I was 16. That was the turning point that kickstarted everything because when I was 16, I lost my mom to breast cancer. And at that point, my dad was already in jail. So after I lost my mom, I just had to step into a lot of responsibility. I also had a brother who's five years younger than me, and I needed to take on the role of parenting my parenting him and just figuring out all of these things in my life. And that actually led me down an eating disorder because I realized all of a sudden that I had lost control in all areas of my life. So I was using food and exercise as a way to control something. But after I got out of that eating disorder, got to the body that I wanted, I realized that there were still so many things that were missing in my life. And I was dealing with depression, anxiety, loss, and I never processed the grief from losing my mom. So I dived deeper into the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of fitness. And that made me become this person who is whole and complete on my own. And I know we all are, but it feels like sometimes we are not. And that's why we try to chase after things. And for me, it was chasing after love, chasing after a relationship. And I thought that was going to make me happy, but that made me realize that chasing after that something that's external to myself wasn't going to fill a void because if that thing is taken away from me, then I'm going to still be back to where I started. So it was a process of finding love within myself and becoming this being of love, which is what we all are. And we had just forgotten that this is who we are, but it's remembering that and diving deep into my soul and who I am as a person and that was what helped me actually attract love into my life. Wow. First of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. As you're saying that, I'm sure my audience as well, my heart just sinks. I can't imagine at 16 what that was like for you. And so first of all, I just acknowledge what you've been through and your bravery and how you've really turned something very tragic and um, life-changing into something that's golden, that really helps other people, right? I can't imagine the journey it's been. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so did you then, you know, shortly after they passed, is that, or sorry, after she passed, is that when you started working out or where did the working out come into it? Was that part of the eating disorder? And was that sort of shortly after, or was it, you know, sort of a, a while after? So after I lost my mom, I just started controlling my food and had the eating disorder. And at one point I realized that this wasn't a healthy way to live. So I wasn't exercising at the point. I was just starving myself, eating like 800 calories a day. And at one point I realized that I couldn't treat my body like this. So that's when I started picking up a healthy workout routine, a healthy nutrition plan, and started working towards that balanced lifestyle. Yeah. I also had an eating disorder. It's a huge part of my story because 
the healing was the part that broke me open and had me see so much in my life and awaken in myself. And it sounds like that's very similar to you. And for me, exercise was part of the disorder for a while. It was very obsessive for a few years and hours a day. And as you're saying, starving myself and all that. And I remember having this moment when I was in the eating disorder and I had just sort of lost a little bit of weight. I'd probably been really strict and hard and mean to myself and lost a little bit of weight. My pants felt a little looser. And I remember going like, yeah, yeah, this is good. And then it was about five minutes later, I looked in the mirror and just the internal voice was like, you're fat and you're never going to get there. And oh, I hate the way these clothes feel. And I had this moment of five minutes ago, I was feeling good because it was, of course, a superficial reward. It was that surface thing. I was all good. Now, five minutes later, I am empty and I'm hating myself and I'm in tears. And it was like that moment of similar to what you went through of realizing like, okay, the weight isn't what's making me happy, like losing the weight. This isn't what is actually fueling my soul. So how did that realization kind of happen for you? Yeah, that was actually when I got to the body that I wanted because I thought, well, if I only get to my dream body, I will finally have the life that I wanted to live. But once I got there, I realized that it was not true because there were so many other things that I still needed to work through and childhood traumas. And even from things with my dad, I was abused growing up and I had a lot of resentment and hatred just inside of me that I didn't want to work through. So that body wasn't the solution to what I was going through. And that was when I realized there is so much more to life than just how we look. And we're not just here to lose weight. Mm, Yeah. I want my audience to hear that because I know a lot of women have struggled with their body and body image and wanting to lose weight and diets and all the things. And it really... The thing that I realized too in the end is that it's not about what our body is, but you can have your body in in you know a very healthy condition, which could be slim or fit or whatever it is you have in your mind, energetic, and you can get there with love, not just with punishment, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people, when they start their fitness journeys, when they start losing weight and trying to look better it comes from a place of hating themselves. Like I hate myself, so I need to change something about myself to hopefully once I get there, I will finally start loving myself. And I think that's why it doesn't last. You jump from diet to diet because you hate yourself so much and you don't want to stick to this thing because it comes from a place of of disgust pretty much for who you are. But once you create change from a place of self-love saying that I love myself. This is why I'm going to do this. This is why I'm going to get in shape and get my dream body. That actually creates the long lasting results because you're more likely to stay consistent and you also will not take these extreme measures to get the body that you really want. Yeah. And I notice with food too, when I'm loving myself, you know, now that I'm in that place, I make 
I'm not going to say better because I kind of hate saying better and worse and bad, but like I make healthier decisions. But also if I want to enjoy a dessert or some chocolate or whatever, I just have it. I love it. And I move on. Whereas before it would be this guilt ridden, hate filled thing that would cause me to binge later anyway. So you kind of can't win any, you know, either way when you're hating yourself because it's going to cause that binge in some way, whether it's extreme behavior, you know, emotional, mental health issues, or physically binging on food, it's going to come back to bite you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I experienced that as well. I had, you know, some binging habits because I was starving myself so much. And on the other end of it, it was just binging and eating everything that I was depriving myself of. But it's about finding that healthy balance in between. You can still treat yourself here and there and you're still eating healthy. It doesn't mean when you you know, have a piece of chocolate, you're going to fall off track. It just means that you're allowing yourself and, and you're enjoying food for, for what it actually is. Because I think what people don't realize is food is not just here to help you lose weight. Food actually can have different emotional and mental impacts as well. And, you know, we use food for, for bonding with other people. Like during the holidays, people are coming together, spending time with family and having this big dinner. That's using food as a way to create memories. And I think that aspect of food is often overlooked. Yeah, totally. That's really great. Yeah, traditionally in so many cultures, probably all the cultures, <laughs> there's gathering, there's potlucks, there's eat, 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 right? Family, mm-hmm. tribe gatherings, you know, it's it goes back so far and it can be a it can be a peaceful place. And there was a time when I just did not believe that and I could not see how that could ever be a possibility, how it could be a peaceful place. And I'm grateful that we've found our way <laughs> and wish yeah. that on everyone else that that may be struggling. Yeah, it's a great place to be when you have this love for yourself and you're able to treat yourself here and there and eat healthy most of the time and just listen to your body for what it actually needs. And I, it's natural to like good food. You don't have to like every good food, meaning you don't have to be a fan of Brussels sprouts if you really don't like them. But I guarantee there's so many healthy foods that your body craves naturally when you get into that sort of alignment and into your natural state, your body wants to eat that stuff. That's actually what it needs to survive, not the package stuff. So once you kind of get over the hump and start enjoying the good food, it's now what I crave, right? It's 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 what gives me life, literally. <laughs> For sure. I, oh my gosh, at the beginning of my fitness journey, I used to hate drinking water. And it makes no sense because water doesn't taste like anything. And I remember, so I was dating someone at the time and I used to tell him, oh my gosh, I just don't like drinking water. I'm not going to drink water unless it's like soda or lemonade or something. I need a beverage that had some sugar and taste in it because I was so used to that. I wasn't used to drinking water. And now looking back, it was because I was feeding myself so much of the soda and lemonade and all that stuff that I forgot what my body actually craves. Like water is essential for body functioning. And I didn't even like drinking that because I think I was drinking and eating so much processed stuff it even changed my taste preferences for what my body actually craves. 
Wow. Yeah. I remember being in a place where I wouldn't consume anything unless it was worth it. I do that in air Mm -hmm. quotes because every (laughs) calorie mattered. And I remember that if I was going to drink water, I, I liked water, but I would get in this thing where I'd have to add like crystal light or I'd have to add some sort of fake sweetener. Oh, kind of like you. It's like, if I'm going to have this, I want to enjoy it sort of. It's like, I don't want it to be for nothing or something. It's almost hard to get back into that logic. But I remember water always had to have like some sort of synthetic or like flavor added that it was I don't know, making it more worth it. It's so strange to think about that now because yeah, water's life-giving. It's the thing you need. <laughs> Absolutely. Drink water. It's yeah. <laughs> it's great for your skin, for your health, for your metabolism. Like it, it fuels your life. Yeah, it's what we're made of. <laughs> <laughs> so could you break down for us these different pillars of fitness that you have? I'd love to hear more about each one. Yeah. So the physical, like we've been talking about, is obviously how you feel in your body. If you, you know, have some weight to lose or or if you have some weight to gain, it's just getting to that healthy point with your body where you feel your best. So when we talk about physical health, it's not just, oh, let me lose as much weight as possible. It's about getting to that place where you feel like this is the place where I can perform and and show up in my life for myself and for other people. And that's physical health. And the mental fitness, that is your mindset. So how do you create self-discipline, for example? And, and for me, my, my discipline, the way that I train myself is every morning when my alarm goes off at 5.30 a.m., I get up. I don't stay in bed because it's more comfortable, which you know I would love to stay in bed for another hour or so and keep on hitting snooze. But it's by training myself in that small thing every morning. That's how it carries through the rest of my day. And emotional fitness is getting in tune with how you're feeling because we have repressed so much emotions. We're taught that we can't show sadness, we can't cry, we can't be angry, but these are all human emotions and we're here to experience all of them. And emotional fitness is becoming aware of your emotions and not repressing them, but also not unleashing it. On, on something or someone else is coming to that place of being okay with experiencing, but also having some control over your emotions and not let it take over you. And spiritual fitness, for me, I think that's a deeper dive into my soul and, and who I am in inside. And spiritual fitness is what really gives me purpose because if I only had the physical, mental, emotional, I would still be doing a lot of things without knowing the why behind it. And spiritual fitness is listening to my soul and my intuition and knowing that I am here for a much bigger reason than just eat and work and and make money and pay bills. That's not what we're all here to do. And there's a much bigger reason that we are put here at this particular time. And by diving into your soul and awakening who you awakening to who you truly are, that's how you find that purpose in your life. 
Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love how you break that down because those are all essential parts of who we are. And exactly as you're saying, when we lean too hard into one and completely neglect another or two others or whatever, we'll we'll never be that whole that we're reaching for. So when you work with people, is it about sort of going to work on all of these areas or is it sort of subtle ways to get them all in in a day? Or how do you kind of, when you work with people, what do you see in people, first of all? Like how many, you know, are we all lacking most of these in balance in these areas or what do you see in people? And also how do you work with them to bring that balance in? Yeah, so it depends on who I'm working with. So there are people who have been going to the gym and focusing so much on their physical fitness that they're neglecting a lot of the other things. And there are other people who are maybe focusing on their mental and emotional, but they're neglecting their physical and spiritual. So it depends on who it is. And what I found is that people like to do the things that they're good at and they like to avoid the things that they're not good at. And that's kind of human nature. Like you don't want to get uncomfortable and deal with the things that you haven't dealt with in a long time. And what I usually see is like, for example, if somebody always loves going to the gym and loves making good food, they'll keep on doing that to almost use that as an excuse to not work on the other things. They'll say, well, I'm doing so well here, so I don't have to focus on these other things. But we have to come into awareness with what we're putting extra focus on and what we're avoiding. Because the thing that you're avoiding is the thing that will make the most difference in your life if you choose to work on that. And I tell people too that you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you avoid one area of yourself, that area at some point is going to come back and you're going to be forced to deal with it. And until then, you're going to be dragged down by that one area because all of these things are connected. Your mind, body, and soul are not separate. They're all connected and you have to work on all of these together so that you can create that life that you really want. That's so great. I love that. So do you work with people um, when you're doing fitness aspects? Are Because you, you are a personal trainer as well, right? Or a fitness coach, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're working with clients in the physical, do people come to you to balance all these things? Or do they sometimes come to you with physical goals and then you kind of help them by digging in deeper? Yeah. So I have two separate programs right now. So one is for just the physical. So for women who are just looking to lose weight or build muscle, get into their best shape, get their gut health in check, that is that one physical program. And the other program is for the mental, emotional, and spiritual. And that is to attract their dream relationship. So the two programs are separate and it depends on who it is. And I find that most women will start with the physical because that's, I mean, that's how I started. I think the physical fitness is a great way to kickstart your personal development because throughout your physical fitness, I mean, there's obviously mindset involved in that as well. You're training your mind to be disciplined, to go to the gym and and to do certain things. So that's a great way to start. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree for sure. I I love fitness. It's always been a big part of my life. And I find that it's it, it seems like a physical act, but to me, it feels almost way over half mental, if that makes sense. Like when I'm holding a pose in yoga or I'm doing push-ups or I'm holding a squat or whatever, right? You're doing burpees. It's like, it gets uncomfortable very quickly and it's the mental part that gets you through it. And as we were kind of talking about before, my fitness improved when my self-love improved because the mental part was now fueled by love and inspiration. It really changed. Absolutely. I would say fitness, like physical fitness is 80% mindset and 20% strategies. And I think people, when they start their fitness journeys, they're trying to look for the best diet. They're trying to look for the best workout routine, but I can give you all of these things, but if you don't have the mindset to follow through and to apply, then you're still not going to see the results that you're looking for. So I would say most of it is actually mindset. Yeah. And it's kind of neat coming back to your other, I'm just calling them pillars because or categories, right? But to come back to that, so say we come to you wanting to get in physical shape and you're saying it's approximately 80% mindset, which I completely agree with. The other pillars are what backs up the mindset, like the mental and the emotional and the spiritual all aid in you having a powerful mindset that now can actually allow you to get in that peak condition or stronger or whatever it is that you're going for. Yeah. So in the physical fitness that that program to to help people get in their best best shape, there there's a lot of mindset work in there because I know that just giving women their their nutrition plans or their workout plans, it's not going to last because it if it you know, works, they probably would have already done it by themselves. So a lot of that is the mindset. And when we work on the mindset, it's connected to that mental, emotional, and spiritual as well. But, you know, like on, on the other hand, like in the other program where we focus on those things, we're going in kind of another direction. We're looking at our past traumas, childhood wounds that have carried on into adulthood. And I would say, you know, all of these things are connected, but in the physical fitness, we are creating and working on a mindset that will best help women get into their best shape. Mm, Cool. That's really neat. What does it look like in a day for you or in a week or what does it look like in your real everyday life, bringing all of these different elements into your life, like some examples of like, what do you do for the spiritual health or the spiritual fitness and the emotional and all of that? What does it look like in your life? Yeah. So I love to start my morning with all four and I make sure that in my morning routine, I include the physical. So that's going to the gym or going for a walk and just moving my body because that gets the blood flowing. That actually wakes me up in the morning. And the mental is the mental discipline. In the morning, I wake up, get out of bed, do not snooze my alarm. And I also listen to podcasts or audiobooks to help my mindset. And then there's the emotional. I ask myself how I'm feeling today. Like if I wake up and I'm not feeling so good, why is that? 
And I think by listening to what our body is telling us, because your body is consistently communicating with you and we have to listen to what our bodies are saying so that we can get into a better emotional state if we're not already in a good one so that it carries throughout our days. And then on the spiritual side, I will meditate. I will journal for a bit on certain days. It just depends on how I'm feeling and get in touch with with my soul. And I think gratitude is a huge part of that. Being grateful for being here, being grateful for this moment that that I think will, will create this ripple effect throughout our day. I think gratitude is the thing that solves a lot of problems. Hmm. It almost um, bothers me in a way because we've all heard gratitude, be grateful, gratitude. You know, it's so catchy, but it's, I, I say this to my clients and community is like, you really have to embody what that means and what that truly is. Because it's one thing to hear, like, be grateful or I'm grateful for my life, but you're feeling like crap. It's like when you embody gratitude and you really get present to the blessings in your life and how far you've come, I like to say things like that because we often think, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for my dog. And it's kind of these things when we look around a room and that's great too, but like, what have you overcome? Who do you have in your life for support? you know, there's more and we can keep looking. And when you get to that place where you're all of a sudden like, holy crap, my life is amazing. You know, the universe is magical. This is great. It truly alters you. You know, even on a cellular level, it alters you. Gratitude is free. It's simple. We know how to do it intuitively and consciously. And it is, it's so life-changing. Absolutely. And you know, with the law of attraction, you're attracting more blessings if you already feel that within yourself. So I think a lot of people, when they're going after their goals, they're coming from a place of lack. They're saying, they're saying, oh, I don't have this already. Why can I just get there faster? Why can I get the job that I want or the relationship that I want? That's coming from a place of lack and that's only going to attract more lack. But if we come from a place of gratitude saying, wow, look at all of these relationships I already have in my life. And that's going to attract more of that because you are radiating from gratitude and from love. And that's the thing that's going to bring you more love. That was so perfectly said. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. It's so good. So do you, I'd like to talk about the physical, mental aspect and food. So do you feel like there is an optimal way for us to be eating? Do you think that it varies person to person? And also what's the impact of nutrition on your mental health? I'd love to hear you kind of riff about that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think there's one way for everybody in this world to eat. <laughs> there are different ways depending on you know dieting history body type and even lifestyle because some some people might prefer for example to eat five smaller meals a day versus other people might want to eat two bigger meals a day because they're they're busy at work and they don't have time to eat so it depends on who it is but i I like to say that find something that works for you and that you enjoy because you can 
have the best diet in the world that you find on the internet. But if you don't personally enjoy that, it's hard to say consistent. And I will say that consistency is the thing that's going to create long-term results. No matter what strategy you come across when it comes to your diet or fitness, if you don't have that consistency component to follow through with it, at the end of the day, you're going to give up and you're going to be back to square one. So find something that works for you and you personally enjoy. And the effect of nutritional and mental health, I mean, is huge because you're your gut is pretty much your second brain. And and that's where your gut feeling comes from. And when you make decisions, you want to be making decisions from your gut feeling. So if your gut health and your nutrition is not in check, it it directly impacts your your gut and you start getting brain fogs, your, your judgments are clouded, you start getting tired, you don't have enough energy throughout the day. So gut health is super important and finding the foods that will help your gut health and figuring out what you're intolerant to. Because I mean, personally, I have certain intolerances, like for example, dairy, I cannot have any dairy and I have to figure that out because if I have dairy, I'm going to continue to suffer from bloating and brain fog. So I, so I needed to find that and eliminate that from, from my diet so that I can have mental clarity throughout my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- I think that's amazing because a lot of us think of, um, allergies, like, well, I don't swell up when I eat cheese, so I'm good. But there's so much more to it than that, Mm -hmm. as you're saying. And um, intolerances or sensitivities are real. And we can be, you know, say wheat, something that's, you know, a lot of people are aware now that they're sensitive to. You could be a little bit sensitive. You could be full on celiac. It's, It's a spectrum or a sort of, you know, a continuum there. So, finding those things out is really important. Did you just try it? Did you just say, you know, I'm going to try like almost like the elimination diet type thing where you took out dairy for a week or two and brought it back in to see how it felt? Or how did you discover that with dairy? Yeah. So I have had IBS all my life and I, I had no idea what was causing it until I started my fitness journey and trying to figure out what it is that was irritating my gut because gut health, if your gut health is not in check, it's also very difficult to lose weight. It's hard to build muscle. It directly impacts everything because that's how you digest food. So I was bloated all the time and my stomach would be in pain pretty much by the end of the day, every single day. And I had to figure out what was irritating that. And dairy was one of the things that I had suspicions about like I, I knew that I didn't feel very good after drinking a milkshake. So I started cutting that out and I realized that that made a huge impact. And there were some other things that were irritating me, like legumes. I can't have any beans. And I think beans that also tends to be a thing for a lot of people. So is paying attention to how you feel after eat, eating certain foods because your body is always trying to communicate with you and it's just we don't take that time to listen. Yeah, totally. That I can relate to that. And it's paying attention to how you feel 
physically and mentally. That's something I didn't realize for a long time. It's like, okay, I eat this and my gut doesn't feel good. That feels obvious. But what about when I eat this and then I'm just for some reason grumpy out of nowhere or low energy and grumpy, like almost kind of when you get hangry, except you're not, you've just eaten, you know, something fried or something packaged or whatever, something that has something in it that your body doesn't love. Um, it's huge. And I even noticed that now um, where randomly out of nowhere, if I, if I get kind of like bitchy is the best word I can say, <laughs> I will stop and think, you know, what part of me is doing this or is reacting to this and where is it coming from? And often it'll be like that food you ate an hour ago that you knew your body, you know, wasn't going to jive with, or you knew it wasn't great for you. When we eat out at a restaurant or something, I'm like, sure, I'll have the fries. And then I'm like, just kind of complaining. I'm like, why is that? That's weird. But yeah, paying attention to your emotional or your mental health, as well as your physical health and what's going on after you eat things is really important. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I was going to ask about, you talked about attracting love in the second program that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear you kind of talk about how when we bring all these things into balance, what do we start to, what, what's now possible in our life? What are the changes we see? Obviously you're saying you're better able to attract love and, you know, connection. So what else and how does that work? Yeah. So how I found, found this in my own life was actually through this relationship that I was in. So it was a three-year relationship. And the last year of that relationship, I was very unhappy and it was pretty toxic. So I realized, you know, towards the end of that relationship that I wasn't able to walk away because I didn't love myself enough. And I settled for something that was toxic and I didn't deserve. So after I left the relationship, I was going to work on myself, but, you know, I still felt like I needed to, to find love in somebody else. So then I went on dating apps and tried to chase after people, like went on a bunch of dates. And at one point I, I realized that chasing after love and then settling for something less than I deserve was going to put me constantly in this cycle until I decided to work on myself and raise my own self-worth and find that love within me. So that's when I started working on balancing all of these areas so that I can attract the love that I really wanted. And it carries over into other areas because before all of this, when I was chasing after love, I was also chasing after other things like success, money. I was chasing after, you know, other relationships in my life, like friends and settling for things less than I deserved because I just wanted something to fill a void. But nowadays, I know that I'm able to attract that because I have found that worth in my in myself and I know exactly what I deserve. So when you are in that state of knowing how much you're worth and loving yourself to that point where you're not going to settle for anything less than you deserve, your life gets really good because you start attracting these things and you you will only bring to you in life what you believe you deserve. So if you believe that well, that toxic relationship is what you deserve. That's exactly what you're going to get. And 
it's not until you start demanding and saying, this is what I deserve. I deserve somebody who treats me well. I deserve to be successful and abundant. The universe will deliver once you shift that belief. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It's funny as you're talking, I think I'm understanding what you're saying and what you're about on an even deeper level, because as you're talking, I'm going, how, so, you know, we all know we need to create self-love, self-acceptance, self-compassion, but so many people go, well, how do I do that? Right. And there's a lot of different ways, but it sounds like if you nurture these elements of yourself, that will create self-love. You don't have to go to work to create self-love. You can, but if you're at a loss of what to do, start nurturing your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, exact with all the examples that you shared with us that were so beautiful, like how am I feeling, right? And checking in with what's going on. It's like that just will, the byproduct will be self-compassion and self-love because you're nurturing these areas of who you are. I feel like my mind's just a little blown. I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, it's even more powerful than I realized. It's, it's really neat because that is the way. It really is the way to create self-love, to create change, to create um, the happiness that you want is embracing all aspects of who you are. Absolutely. Like the key is to focus inward instead of looking outside of ourselves because that's what people like to do. We like to look at what other people are doing and, and blame other people and blame life for how things are happening. But it's not until we look inward instead of putting our attention elsewhere, that's when we can attract things to us. Because when when you focus on something else, so for example, when you focus on another relationship or another person, you're chasing after that thing, it implies that it's running away from you. Whenever you chase something, energetically, that thing is going further and further from you, whether that's success, money, relationship. But it's when you bring that power into yourself, when you stop chasing these things are going to be drawn to you. Like you're going to bring in everything because you are now the center and you are the, 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 the magnet that brings everything in. And you don't have that chasing that's energetically pushing everything away. So ironically, when you stop chasing, when you stop wanting these things so badly, and when you just focus on being who you are and connecting with your authentic self, that's when everything starts happening. Yeah, I love that. Totally. Chasing implies chasing. <laughs> like chasing brings chasing energy. You think of anything chasing anything, it's something moving along and something's chasing it, right? It's so true that it's like by nature, that just means it's running away from you. And we almost need to arrive in who we are and allow it to come to us if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. When, when you stop chasing and like from my personal experience, when I stopped chasing love, cause I was trying so hard get getting on dating apps, stalking people on social media. I did so many different things to chase after love and love didn't come because I was chasing so hard. And when you're chasing, it also implies you're lacking it. And when, when you lack it, you are not going to attract that because of the law of attraction. You're going to attract more lack into your life. So that was what was happening to me. 
And until I stopped chasing, I just focused on me, focused on feeling grateful for what I already have and knowing who I am, knowing what I deserve. And then people started just coming to me. Then I just started out of nowhere getting people just reaching out to me saying, hey, did you want to go on a date or something? But it's funny how that works out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so funny. It's like once you're taken, then that's when you're getting asked on dates or once, you know, whatever it is. I've heard that so many times. It's like as soon as you just stop and you don't need it anymore, it comes flooding in. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy how that works out. And, And with everything, with money, success, fame, the more you want it, the harder it is to actually get it. Yeah, it's exactly like you said, wanting desire or implies lack, mm-hmm. Want especially wanting so hard. And that is a fine line. A lot of people, I can hear people saying, well, it's okay to want to go on a vacation or want to have a family. And it, and it is, it's, it's good to have those visions and to check in with your soul desires, what you feel like you're meant to be, do and have. And that is good, but it's almost the grasping, the grasping energy of like, I have to lose 20 pounds. I have to make this much money. I have to, and then it, like you're saying, it, it's chasing it and then it goes farther away. And I definitely know that from a lot of things. I feel like the first bunch of years in my business was I got to have success and I got to have money. And it's like, how do I get clients? And it now makes me feel icky because the way I look at clients and the people that come into my community is it's a blessing and an exchange and a happy occurrence, right? Synchronicity, synchronicities. That's what brings us together. It's not how do I get clients? It just kept them at arm's reach. And as you're saying, you can apply that to any area of your life. Yeah. I mean, people can feel that when you're chasing and when you want something so badly, like people can feel it subconsciously and it's okay to want things. Like for example, like you said, you want to go on a vacation. That's fine, but just Be aware if you're wanting it so badly to the point that if you don't go on a vacation, you're, you're going to be sad or you're going to be angry. So I think that's the difference. It's okay to want things and know exactly what you deserve. So knowing what you deserve is different than chasing after it and, and trying so hard to get it. Knowing what you deserve means that you want this thing, but you're going to sit still and let it come to you instead of, you know, running around trying to get it. Mm, Yeah, definitely. And if you think that it's going to make you whole, like you said, right? If you don't get the vacation, now you're like mad at the universe and this wasn't what was supposed to happen and you're just mad, right? It's almost like that vacation was going to make me happy. And so we need to watch for that especially when it comes to weight and body and things like that is like, as we were both sharing about our stories, the weight will not be the thing that makes you happy. And I remember for so many years, I would read that. I was even in eating disorder treatment for a year or so. And she would say that like, food's not the problem. And that goal weight isn't going to make you happy. And I was just I looked at her and in my head, I'm going, you are crazy. You clearly don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what it's like (laughs) to be me. It is what will make me happy. If I can be in a bathing suit and just be relaxed or 
be confident, that'll make me happy. And it's like, yeah, being in a bathing suit and being confident is amazing. But it doesn't mean that if you're 120 pounds, you're going to be confident because when I was at my lowest weight, still the thought of a bathing suit made me want to throw up and made me want to not do it. So the weight really doesn't make an impact. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that. When I wanted to lose weight so badly, I ended up with an eating disorder at my lowest weight. I still felt like I had more to lose because it was that mindset of, oh, there's always more. But if you, you're you not happy with where you are, you're always going to be stuck in that in that cycle of chasing after more, pretty much. Like you're chasing after more weight loss. You're chasing after more money. But like when you get to that level of more money and more success, you're going to look at somebody else and say that, well, that person has more money and more success. So I need to get to that number next level. And there's always going to be more. And there's always going to be someone who's making more money than you. So if you're not happy with where you already are, it's going to be a painful and exhausting cycle to be in. Yeah. So insider scoop, um, do you now love your body and how do you talk to yourself? Because we all have things we could say, oh, a stretch mark here, a dimple there. And like, what's your relationship like now with your body? Yeah. The way that I talk to myself now, it's so different than the way that I used to talk to myself. I used to look in the mirror and just pick apart every single piece of me that I didn't like. And now I look in the mirror and I know that these stretch marks that I still have, the acne scars that I still have, these are a part of me. And I think women especially, we have to realize that we were already made perfect and then every single part of you it is perfect because the universe will only make you with love and and with perfection and everything we see around us everything we see within ourselves is there for a reason and and we can turn these things all into gifts so i mean i can look at my acne scars that I still have. I mean, I used to just say, these are so ugly. Why do I have these? Why don't other people have acne scars? Like their skin is so clear. And I had these bumps all like all, all over me. But now I look at myself and I say, this is what makes me unique because this is what the universe wanted me to be. And why would I try so hard to change that? I love that. That's so beautiful because it, it is quite the journey, especially with women and our bodies. And as we move through time or have children or lose, gain weight, like our body changes. And I wish that I could have seen the beauty in myself before because now I have three kids and my youngest is uh, is one. And when he, shortly after he was born, about two months after he was born, we went swimming and I was in a bathing suit. And I remember being so good, like just stoked. I was, I was so still glowing about, I had a natural birth and I was proud of myself and like what my body had accomplished. And I had so much love in myself for myself that I wasn't thinking about the fact that I was in a bathing suit and it was a month after giving birth and I wasn't in peak condition. And, but you know, when I was in my twenties at the lowest weight, I was 
picking myself apart. And so it's like, we just need to embrace these parts of who we are. And as you said, we're made perfect. My body was made. I chose to have children. It went through a thing and here I am, you know, and, and I need to love and embrace that. And so I'm, I'm really glad to hear that that's where you're at. It's a, it's a crazy journey, especially for women. And in the fitness industry, there's also comparison and people posting six pack abs all the time. And, you know, it's a, it can be a bit of a tough place. Yeah. I think by shifting the focus from focusing on how we look like into what we're able to do, right? Especially as women, like you said, you gave birth and that is something that only women can do. Like how powerful and how beautiful is that? And when we're able to see our bodies for what they can do instead of only focusing on the superficial of how they look like. I think that's when we can find our power. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing so much with us today. I would love to hear your best tip for manifesting or making change from your perspective. What do you think is the most important thing? Yeah, for manifesting, I think the most important thing is letting go of resistance because when we try to manifest things a lot of the times let's say you're asking the universe for a new car and and you're saying oh I, I really want this new car but then after you've asked you're creating a lot of resistance by by chasing by not trusting that's creating resistance by <laughs> by, you know, not believing that it's going to happen, that's also creating resistance because I really believe that the universe wants to provide for all of us. And this world is so abundant. When you ask for a car, the universe wants that car for you. But it's when are you going to believe that you deserve it? And when are you going to believe that it's going to happen because when you have doubt, when you don't trust the process, when you don't believe you deserve it, these are all ways of creating resistance. And that is slowing down your manifestation process. That is blocking your own blessings. So it's when you finally step up to that place of, I really deserve this. And I trust that this is going to happen for me. The universe is going to deliver. Mm, yeah. That's amazing, Maggie. Thank you so much for all of this. And if somebody wants to find you, work with you, be in your programs or check you out, where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, my Instagram is at Maggie Dong underscore. And I also have a podcast called Mind Muscle Enlightenment. That's where we talk about the four areas of fitness and attracting love into your life. And I do have a link, I think, in my Instagram bio, that would be the best way to find my programs and coaching. But I have Magnetic Attractor. That's the program that is the one for creating long-lasting relationships, manifesting, attracting love by working on your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And then Confidently Lean is the one for your physical health, where we work on all of these areas of your physical fitness, like your gut health, even working on your stress so that you can create a stress-free and balanced lifestyle for yourself. So those are the two programs that I have. Thank you so much for sharing everything today. And I really look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you loved it. 
Before I go, I want to acknowledge you for taking time out of your day to fuel your spiritual connection and manifest your future. I know you're busy and just listening to this raises your vibe, resets your belief and creates a positive ripple effect into your life. And you are doing such a good job. I am honored that you invited me into your life and into your ears. It's a beautiful thing and I truly appreciate it. Remember, you are a powerful creator who is creating the most beautiful life as we speak. So today, I cheers to you. Oh,